0: Welcome back to Life North Church. So glad you joined us. My name is Dave, I'm one of the pastors here, and we wanna extend a special welcome to you if this is your first time with us. And you could be joining us on Church Online, on Facebook Live, or on YouTube. Whatever platform you find us on, maybe even a little bit later on, we're glad that you're here, and we would love to be able to connect with you. And so wherever you are right now, why don't you just drop us a note and say hello. Put your name in there. You can sign up if you want to connect with us or just email us at infolifenorth.church and allow us to get to know a little bit more about you. Wherever you are in kind of coming through the challenges of COVID right now and everything that we're in, you probably need some support and some encouragement. And that's what we're here for, that we wanna grow and get better together, but we want everyone to feel welcome and accepted regardless of your background or what you've come through or what you've experienced in life. This is a place for you. And so we have an amazing group of volunteers and people in our church that would just love to be able to say hello and come alongside you and support you in whatever you're facing for what's going on in your life. You can connect with us on our Facebook campus at lifenorth.church. You can drop by and find out things on our website. You can get connected to a life group. You can serve on a team there are so many ways that you can get involved and connect with people, and we wanna encourage you to take one of those today. Well, we're in this series called True Virtue, looking at some of the ways to live that actually help us as individuals and us as a society and a community to actually get better. And so last week we talked about honor, and Pastor Craig brought an amazing message. And this week we wanna hear from part two in this series we're doing from our network partner church, Life Church. And it's just amazing material that is on the same mission that we're on, leading people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. And so today, I hope that you're open to hearing from God as we go into part two of our series, True Virtue.
1: Would you mind standing today at all of our Life Church locations in the honor of reading God's Word? I want to read to you today from Psalm chapter 15 when David asked some questions And he asked this, he asked, Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? In other words, who can experience the goodness and the presence and the peace of God? Who may dwell with you, God? And then he answers and he says, the one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor and casts no slur on others, who may dwell in the presence of the Lord. He's talking about those who live and walk with integrity. He says, those who may dwell. He says, those who lend money to the poor without interest, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent, Whoever does these things will never be shaken. Whoever walks uprightly in the fear of the Lord, whoever lives with integrity will not be shaken. I read an article about a person who lost a wallet with a large sum of cash in it. And a good Samaritan found the wallet with all of the money and returned it to the person that lost it. And the author of this article was shocked. And the person who got his money back was shocked. And all the commenters were shocked. Everybody commented, I can't believe the guy returned so much money. And I thought to myself, isn't it tragic that we live in a world where people are more shocked by integrity than they are by the lack of integrity. And maybe it shouldn't be a shock because every day when you open up a news app or when you um, read social media, you find another leader, another celebrity, um, another politician, another whoever who often falls. And sometimes you even see it in a friend or a family member who claims one thing but lives another. And that's why the title of today's message is a matter of integrity. Would you pray with me today? Father, we ask that by the power of your word and your indwelling spirit, that you would lead us to walk and to live in such a way that it honors you. By the power of your spirit, help us walk in your truth and glorify you, showing your love, God, in all that we do. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Why don't you look at someone next to you and say, walk with integrity and go ahead and be seated. You can type that in the chat if you want today, walk with integrity, walk with integrity. Let's talk about this really important issue today. And to start, I want to raise the question, what is integrity? And before we try to answer what integrity is, let's first start with what integrity Is not. And I want to be really, really clear and help you know that uh, integrity is not perfection. Meaning, if you do something wrong, you know, someone can't just say, you lack integrity, you know, you're you're not perfect, you're you're no good. Uh, To live with integrity doesn't mean that you never make a mistake. If that were the case, then only Jesus would be able to have integrity. What we're looking for in a life of integrity is what we might call an integrated life. In fact, the word integrity uh, comes from the root Latin word integer, which actually means whole. It means complete. It means one. What would it look like in our life? Too often in our lives, many of us, we are compartmentalized in how we live. And what God wants us to be is he wants us to be whole in how we live. For example, sometimes in life, we might have a compartment where we say, this is my professional life. This is what I do at work. I have another compartment in my life that's not my professional life but it's my family life. And not only is there my family life, but there's also my social life. And there's another compartment that I would say is my spiritual life. And then there's one place that no one is allowed to see, but this is my private life. And so often we might have a professional life that's separate from our spiritual life because we don't want to offend anyone in our professional life with our spiritual beliefs. But when we get into our family life, we keep our private life separate because we don't want our family to know what we do in private. But when we go into our social life, that's really different from what we do in our spiritual life, which is profoundly different than we do in our private life. And without even knowing it, we live a very compartmentalized life. That's not integrity. Integrity would be more holistic, where as followers of Jesus, we want Jesus to direct all of our lives. That we're not broken into little compartments where this is what I say in front of one group, and this is what I do in front of another group. But instead, we wanna glorify Jesus in all that we do. Jesus directs our actions in our professional life. And Jesus leads our relationships in our social life. And Jesus is the core of our family life. We're not just a Christian family, but we're a family centered around the teachings of Jesus Christ. Jesus drives our private life. It's not something that we're gonna do when no one else sees. Instead of having a compartmentalized life, we wanna have an integrated life centered on the goodness, the power, the glory, and the truth of Jesus. So what is integrity? We might say it this way. Integrity is when your behavior matches your beliefs is when what you show on the outside is a true reflection of what you believe on the inside and vice versa. In fact, Proverbs chapter 10, verse nine tells us this. I love the promise of integrity that whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. I don't know if you've ever done something wrong and you knew it, And the great fear was, man, I hope they don't find out. You're not walking securely. You're wondering and hoping and praying that I don't get uh, caught. I have never one time ever walked in integrity, done the right thing, gone to bed going, I hope they don't find out I did what was right. I hope no one knows I did what was honoring to God. Because when we do the wrong thing, it's stressful what is integrity. It's when your private life is consistent with your public life. We could say it this way. It's who you are when no one is looking. It's different than reputation. Integrity is different than reputation. Reputation, we could say, is who others think you are, but integrity is who you really are. The integrity of the upright will guide them. What is the opposite of integrity? If our goal is an integrated life centered around Jesus, the opposite in many ways we could say is simply hypocrisy, uh, is to be a hypocrite. Uh, one of the great criticisms of those of us who are Christians is they're all just a bunch of hypocrites. Um, where does that word come from? Well, the Greek word translated as hypocrite is the word hypokrates. And if you've ever seen one of those Greek plays where they have these ridiculous looking masks, that's a hippocrates. What that is is there is a different person behind the mask, but I'm showing you an exterior that is inconsistent with who I really am. And what's fascinating is when you read in scripture, you'll notice that Jesus was actually harder on hypocrites than he was on prostitutes or adulterers. Anytime you see him address a hypocrite, he really came down on them, not just for living in the wrong way, but claiming what was right when they were actually living the wrong way. In fact, you can see this in Matthew's gospel, chapter 23, um, verse 25. He said, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. And he says, you hypocrites. And watch what he said. You clean the outside of the cup and dished. In other words, you're putting on an exterior show, you're acting one way for everybody else to see, but inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence. He said, blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, then the outside also will be clean. What was Jesus saying? In many ways he was saying, it's not just what you show on the outside that really matters, it's what's on the inside that matters. We want an integrated life. We want Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the way, the truth, and the life, the living water, the bread of life, the true vine. We want him to direct and guide and empower every area of our life. It's not compartmentalized, it's integrated around the truth, the glory, the love, the grace, the power, the direction, of who Jesus is. It's not what's on the outside, it's what is directing us from the inside. I'll I'll illustrate it this way. Uh, There was a um, very well-known home builder that worked for a massive company. And this man built some of the finest homes year after year after year, and had an incredible 40-year career building homes. As anybody who's done something for 40 years, toward the end of his career, He was tired and ready to go be a papa and and raise um, his grandkids and enjoy it. So 35 years in, he said, five more years, I'm retiring. 36 years in, four more years, I'm retiring. Three more years, I'm retiring. Two more years, I'm retiring. One more year, I'm retiring. Six more months, I'm retiring. Five more, and he telegraphed it to his whole company so they would know. At his one month mark before retirement, the owner of the company said to him, Could you build one more home for us? And the guy was partially hurt, partially offended. He said, for four decades, I've been faithful to you. I I, I told you a long time ago that my time is coming to an end. No, I won't do one more. And the owner said, we've been good friends for a long time and you've been one of the best. You know I wouldn't ask you to do this if it didn't mean a lot to me. Will you do one more home? And the guy said, fine, I'll do one more but his heart wasn't in it. And this guy who normally built the best of the best, he cut corners like he'd never cut it before. He got the job done fast. He used uh, products that were not as good. He used uh, cheaper subcontractors that didn't have the integrity. On the outside of the house, nobody would have ever known. But he knew on the inside, it was far from his best work. At the end of the project, the owner came up to him with a big smile on his face and said, I wanna tell you that we value your work more than you could ever imagine. And with gratitude for 40 years of service, we wanted to give you this as your way out. Here are the keys to your new home. And the builder recognized what all of us will recognize one day, and that is this. You are building your own home. Home. Every decision you make, how you live, what you say, and what you do, you're building your own home. Whether you choose to be generous with people or selfish in your relationships, whether you do what's right or you cut corners, whether you show honor and build others up or show dishonor and tear others down, whether you extend grace or judge people harshly, whether you tell the truth about what happened or tell the story in a way that it benefits you, you are building your own house. Integrity, it matters. I'll talk to the parents for a moment and just help you understand. You are, you're building your legacy. And what happens in your home matters more than you could ever imagine. Um, In years of working in the church, you know what I've discovered? The fastest way to raise rebellious kids is to claim one thing, but to live something different in the home. The fastest way to turn your children against God (laughs) and and the things of God is to claim the things of God publicly and live far from the things of God in your private life. You're building your own home. Every day, every decision, every interaction you have with people, we wanna have not a compartmentalized life, but an integrated life driven by the grace, the truth, the beauty, the power, and the love of Jesus. And so the question I want to ask you today is this, what is your integrity worth? What is your integrity worth? Because many of us, we have a price, right? There's a point at which we may compromise. And so I want to ask you, what is your integrity worth? Another way of saying it is, what would your actions say that your integrity is worth? For example, if you lie on a resume to get a job, how much do you make a year? 30 grand, 50 grand, 150 grand, whatever it is. Well, that's what your integrity would be worth. You're selling out for a certain price. Uh, If you falsify an expense report or you embezzle something from your work, what is your integrity worth? Your integrity might be worth a ream of paper that you took home for private use. Um, if you cheat on an exam to get a better grade, or if you exaggerate on the story so someone that may someone may like you, what is your integrity worth? Maybe is worth 29 bucks a month, or whatever it is, because you steal your neighbor's Wi-Fi, <laughs> valued at 29 dollars a month, <laughs> or maybe is like 14.99 a month because you're using your friend's login to watch Netflix all the time. What's your integrity worth? Maybe it's like eight bucks because you'll lie about your kid's age to get a discount admission. (laughs) Oh God, don't strike me down. Don't strike me down. Kids, you're just 14, you're just 14. I know you look like you've been shaving for three years, but you're just 14. (laughs) Is this getting too real? What's your integrity worth? there was a time that my integrity was worth a golf ball. A golf ball. Not just any golf ball, but a blue golf ball from (laughs) Putt-Putt. (laughs) You see, I went to high school in a place called Ardmore, Oklahoma, and Ardmore didn't have a big time Putt-Putt. And so when our high school tennis team traveled to the big city to go to the state championships, the night before the state championships, we all went to putt putt. And if you've ever been to putt putt, you know that at the end of the 18th hole, um, when you putt the ball in a hole, it goes into putt putt eternity. <laughs> the ball just vanishes, and who knows where it goes, but it just, it's just gone, like forever, never, 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 and it's gone. Unless you have your friend put their foot over the hole, and then you can putt it, and your ball just stays there for you to pick up put in your pocket and take back with you, which is exactly what I did. And I came back to my hotel room, thinking everything was fine. I remember laying against my bed with my feet on this old cheap hotel wall that had these cinder bricks, just tossing my little blue ball up against it until my coach walked in the room, casually walked up and caught my blue ball in the midair. And he said, where'd you get this ball? So I got it from Putt-Putt. And he looked at me and he said, you're off the team. You're not playing in the championship tomorrow. And I fell apart. you He said, I'm not gonna have any thief on my team. And what he said felt dramatic, but it wasn't that dramatic. He said, first you'll steal a golf ball. Then one day it'll be a car stereo. That's back in the day when that people did steal those things, okay? <laughs> I just dated me, but believe me, it happened. Alpine. It's, it, it, whatever, you know, Ariel speed wagon. And so, and, and then he said, you'll steal a car, which I don't know if I would have actually become a car thief, but he was right. I lacked integrity. And he said, you're off the team. You can't play the next day. And I begged and begged and begged and begged, what can I do? I'll do anything. He said, well, what you can do is you can go back to putt putt and tell everybody there that you used to be a thief, but you don't want to be a thief and you're really, really sorry and ask for their forgiveness. So we went back to Putt-Putt and I walked up to everyone that worked there and said, I used to be a thief, but I'm not a thief anymore. I'm really, really sorry, I'm returning this ball. And so my coach drove me back to the hotel and he didn't say anything except for one thing. And what he said, I'll never forget. He said, when you have integrity, nothing else matters. And when you don't have integrity, nothing else matters. And that's all he said. That stuck with me. Um, Years later, I started a tennis camp. In fact, Pastor Sam, I had a bunch of kids come to my camp and I played with a Prince Pro. Not the exact racket, but very, very close. And uh, I had all these kids that would come out and train with me and they were not any good. (laughs) which might tell you I wasn't a great coach. (laughs) But at the end of um, each session, I would play a a game with them to 10 points, and there's no way they're gonna beat me. I would let it get really, really close because they had no chance whatsoever. Um, And I'd let it get to about eight all, and then I'd finish the last two points off, and I'd tell them, if you beat me, you get to keep my racket. There's no way these kids were gonna beat me. They couldn't even get the ball on the court, but I'd let it get really close. I'd miss them I'm like, oh, it's eight all. Okay, here we go. Oh my gosh, it's gonna be close, then pop, I'd put one away, and pop, I'd put it away, and it'd be over. I got to eight all, and this kid hit the luckiest shot you've ever seen. <laughs> now, for those of you that play tennis, you'll know this will happen two, three times in a match, is the ball will hit the white part of the tape on the net, and then it'll roll over. And so at eight all, he did that and it rolled over. Ain't nothing but a thing. Next two shots, I'll just wax him poetically and it'll be over. God is my witness. Not one time, but two consecutive times, this guy who couldn't hit the side of the Empire State Building, <laughs> hit the tape and the ball rolled over and all my little tennis camp full of kids went crazy. He gets your racket, he gets your racket, he gets your racket. You gotta understand this was in the mid 80s. These rackets were probably 120 bucks back then. I had two and you need two to play competitive tennis because when a string goes down, you gotta have another one. My third one was a garage sale wooden racket that shouldn't be allowed anybody to play with ever. And I couldn't afford to give my racket. What do you do when you're on your way to play college tennis and you gave your word If you win, you get my racket. If you have integrity, nothing else matters. If you don't have integrity, nothing else really matters. Psalm chapter 139 is um, where I wanna invite you to spend a moment with me. um, A very, very powerful prayer that's incredibly difficult to pray. And this is the prayer that I'm gonna invite you to pray. And it goes like this, search me God and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, God, and know my heart. Is there any part of my life that's compartmentalized, that isn't integrated around the truth and the goodness of Jesus? Search my heart. The reason this is a very difficult prayer to pray is because scripture teaches us that our heart is deceitful above all things. That it's very, very difficult to even see truth because our heart lies to us all the time. And I'm gonna ask you, is there any area of your life that if you're open to to the, the, the prompting of the Holy Spirit might need some correction out of a compartmentalized life into an integrated one? And there's three areas I would encourage you just to kind of examine, to see if you might um, find an area. You might, first of all, look where you're most defensive. Where are you most defensive? Because what I found for me is where I'm most defensive often reveals where I'm most vulnerable. Where are you most defensive? No, that wouldn't be me, I would never ever do that. Ask yourself what you don't want others to know. Where is it that you're hiding something? where you're keeping a private life away from others. A third area to look is this, ask yourself what you criticize in others. Where do you criticize others? And I found that what you criticize the hardest is often a reflection of where you are the weakest. Search my heart, God. See if there is any offensive way in me. I was preaching this very text years ago on the week that I had a big board meeting. I used to serve on the board of a nonprofit. And uh, on the board, it was some of the most impressive leaders I've ever served with. Um, One of the gentlemen had um, invented DSL. One of them invented the credit card swipe. One of them was the um, author who sold more leadership books than anybody else in the world. Um, One of them was the probably top consultant, if not top three consultants to Fortune 500 CEOs. I was like the token pastor, you know, I'm the spiritual guy. I'm gonna keep you on track, okay, serve Jesus, okay. And so that was me, I was the token pastor guy. And they were all meeting in California, but because of my schedule, I couldn't. And so I called in. Well, this meeting went on and on and on, and I got tired of being on the call, so I thought, well, I'm gonna just get a little workout in during this board meeting. And so I went out into my gym, and I just would put the phone on mute while I was doing back that day. And then if they asked me a question, I'd unmute it and act like I wasn't breathing heavily, and then I'd put it back on mute and do more back. Well, the problem is at some point, I forgot to hit the mute button. (laughs) And in the middle of my heaviest set of doing lat pull downs, I'd pull down, clank! (laughs) Clank. It was after the second clank, I realized the call went dead silent. I looked down and I was unmuted. And so what did I do? I immediately called out, what was that noise? Are you all okay? True story, true story. I just went all into my lie. I'm just like, are you okay? I heard something. I was the only one not in the room with them. And they heard something on the phone. And I doubled down. Just so worried about you. Are you guys okay? They're like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine, I'm fine. What was that noise? I don't even know what it was. Pastor Craig keeps them on track. What do you do when God shows you that what you do on the outside is very different than what you claim on the inside. I would encourage you to acknowledge any area, search me, God, just pray and listen. Acknowledge any area where your actions are inconsistent with what God's word teaches. Maybe you exaggerate the story so that people will think better of you. Maybe you talk really bad about people to make you feel better maybe you gossip but you make it sound spiritual I'm just telling you so you can pray for her oh she needs Jesus let me tell you what she did (laughs) maybe it's your taxes you cut corners all the way around you can try not to pay what you really owe maybe you claim the spiritual life and you've got this secret hidden sin I would encourage you just to acknowledge it before God searched me Know my heart, test me. See if there's any offensive. Is there any part of my life that's compartmentalized and not integrated with the love and the grace of Jesus? And then just confess it to God and let him him cleanse you. Let him forgive you as he does. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just. He forgives all of your sins and cleanses you from all unrighteousness. Let him change you. And that's what I did. I said, God, I just lied. And God prompted me to call every board member individually and tell them, I'm so sorry I lied. Will you forgive me? I called the first one, and said, I just want you to know I lied. And he's like, yeah, we all kind of knew that. <laughs> and every call went the same way. And I just told him, I'm so sorry. I was embarrassed and I asked you to forgive me. And that was a really important call for me to make. And all of you may have some moment in your life and ministry like that. Because here's what I've found. Talent can get you to the top, but only integrity will keep you at the top. (laughs) Because when you have integrity, nothing else matters. And when you don't have integrity, nothing else matters. So all the kids looked on. What's our coach gonna do? Is he gonna do what he said and give his racket? And I went through every thought in my mind and I remembered the lesson from my coach. And so I did the right thing, handed the kid my racket, said, you better win with this thing, and went on and played with only one racket until I could finally save up to get another one. Approximately 30 years went by. And one week I preached a message. And afterwards I went out and was greeting people in the lobby area. And this guy came up to me and he was a wreck. He'd obviously been crying. And he came up and he said, I just prayed that prayer, you invited me to pray. And he told me the whole story. His wife had left him and he was in bad shape. And he said, I committed my life to Jesus. And I just want to tell you, thank you, coach. I said, Co- coach. <laughs> He said, you don't remember me, do you? I said, "Uh, uh, you do look familiar. He said, yeah, I was there that day that that other guy beat you 10 to eight. He said, none of us thought you'd actually give him your racket. I remember you did that. He said, so when my life fell apart, I asked what preachers do I know? I knew you. He said, I figured if you told the truth then, you'd probably tell the truth now. I'm just glad he wasn't on that board call. (laughs) Because if you have integrity, that's what matters. And if you don't have integrity, man, it really matters. What's difficult is there's gonna come times when you try to have the courage to do the right thing but you know the right thing could be very, very challenging. What I try to tell myself is this, with God's help, I'm gonna do what's right and trust God with the results. I'm gonna do what's right and trust God with the results because I've discovered that your integrity is easier to keep than it is to recover. It's tragic, it's tragic when people are more shocked by integrity than they are by the lack of it. And so in the very same way that God shocked the world, while we were still sinning, he sent Jesus. While they were cursing at him, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. In the very same way, may we, as integrated followers of Jesus, continue to shock the world with love, and with generosity and with grace and with integrity. May they look on and say, I may not even believe what they believe, but man, they sure believe it. The way they give, the way they love, the way they serve, maybe that Jesus that drives them is a Jesus that could save me not compartmentalized, but integrated. Jesus, 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 the Son of God. Search my heart, God. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. So Father, we pray today that you do surgery on us and we recognize, God, that all of us probably have room for the Holy Spirit to do some work me at the top of the list. So God, search me, search us. God, wherever we're inconsistent, wherever we are the hypocrite, we ask for you to forgive us, God. We thank you for your forgiveness. We ask that you would direct our steps and in a way that only comes by your power, help us to walk in the ways of the wise, to walk, with steps of integrity to please you in all that we do. Just that all of our churches and those of you who are walking on lo- uh, watching online, you'd say, yes, search my heart, God, just show me. I wanna be open to what you'd say. Would you just lift up your hands right now? to say, yes, I'm open to what God would show me. I'm open to what God would show me. You can type that in the chat. I'm open, God, show me. Search my heart, search my heart. Just type in the chat. And we ask God that you'd show us and that you'd transform us. And God, that you would even forgive us wherever we've been wrong. Help us be centered around Jesus in all that we do, empowered by your spirit and showing your love. Direct our steps, we ask God. As you keep praying today at all of our churches or those of you watching online, some of you may say, oh my gosh, I'm just a mess. I'm a mess, I'm a mess. I remember um, as a kid and in college going to church and having the most compartmentalized life you've ever seen. Here's my friend life. Here's my party life. Here's my church life. And there was no Jesus in my life. There was a head knowledge, but no relationship. What does God want for us? He he, he would shock you with his love, that he loves you so much, no matter what you've done, no matter how far from him you feel, he loves you. And he became one of you. It was God in the flesh, Jesus. The sinless son of God, perfect in every way. The one who became sin for us on the cross and died in our place. And God raised him from the dead so that anybody, this includes you, it doesn't matter how bad your life has been. Anyone, 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 anyone who calls on the name of Jesus, your sins would be forgiven and you would be completely new. Today at all of our churches or those online who say, yes, I I may be far from God. I may have done something I'm really ashamed of. The moment you confess to Him, God forgives your sins and you become new. The old is gone and everything becomes new. Those today who say, yes, I want that, I need forgiveness. Today I leave my old life and I surrender to Jesus. The name that is above every name, I give my life to Jesus, the Son of God, the Prince of Peace, the Alpha and the Omega, Jesus. Today I leave my old life, I give my life to Jesus. That's your prayer. Would you lift your hands high right now and say yes, just lift them up. Right back over here and others of you today at all of our churches to say, yes, Jesus, I give you my life. Those of you online, just type in the chat right now. I'm giving my life to Jesus. Just type that in the chat. I'm giving my life to Jesus. And wherever you're watching today, would you just pray aloud with those around you? Nobody prays alone. Just pray, Heavenly Father, forgive my sins, save me, Jesus, make me brand new Fill me with your spirit so I can follow you. You direct my life, all of my life, so I can show your love and walk in your ways in all that I do. My life is not my own. I give it all to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Could somebody celebrate big? Welcome those born into God's family today.
2: congratulations to everyone who made that decision to follow Christ today. I am so excited for you as you take your next steps in your faith journey. We would love to partner with you as a church. So let us know through the link in the description or through the chat that you've made that decision today. There's some great free resources that we have that kind of helps you figure out what's next for you in your journey with following Christ. Life groups are a great place to get connected, to get to know each other, and to be able to apply what you learned each Sunday. So if you're not in a life group already, let us know, and we'd love to get you connected there. So thank you again for joining us today. It was great that you were with us today. And come back next week, bring somebody with you, because we know that whoever finds God finds life.
1: I have a vision for a church that loves others more than we've been loved, who serve others more than we have been served, that gives more than we have received. People so overwhelmed with the love of God that we love and accept people right where they are, but we love and point them to a Jesus who will make them new. When we come together, we are the local church and we believe that the local church is the hope of the world.